Lucy back here on the Boss Man Show. Today, we're trying to recover this Falcons loss, but how I recover is I call my man in Nashville, Tigers head coach of my Tigers, Dana Ford, my, my buddy, Coach Ford. How you doing, man? Good, boss. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good talking to you now. I feel much better, buddy, because I mean, I, I tell you, Coach, every night, in for our honors, I'm, I'm watching that, and I'm watching my phone, watching you guys coming back, Coach. And I saw, I said, man, we got to win this game. And by golly, you did it for me, Coach. You, you got the job done, man. You haven't been out there up in Austin P. How to make you feel, man, seeing your guys win that game, put that game out, tough one up there at the Dunn Center, man? Yeah, that was a good win for us. Um, we were a little shorthanded. Uh, Tajay McCall, one of our starters, was out with a, with a bad knee. And uh, we got some, some juniors really step up and, and a sophomore step in, Armani Chaney. And really do a good job, and, and it was a good win for us. And obviously, um, you know, we're we're in the hunt here for for seeding in the conference tournament. Um, the the number two seed all the way down to the number eight seed is only set, separated by two games. So there's a lot left to play for, and, and that was a good win for us. And coach, I was wondering, you know, playing without your best player, it sets the tone for, for what you guys do. You have to be pleased at the way your guys have stepped up, especially Reddick and Hamilton in particular. Yeah, I thought it was a total team effort. And, and uh, we've got good players. And, and obviously, I think Tajay McCall has, has been one of the better players we've had here in the last couple of years. But um, we, we've never been a one-man show. And, and that's just really not how we do things. And It was good to see guys step up and be ready for their opportunity when it presented itself. And, and that's kind of how, how that game went, and that's kind of what we expect moving forward as well. So that that was a, a very rewarding feeling as a coach. Obviously, you want to see all your players do well, but but to see two guys step up in Darion Reddick and, and Darius Hamilton and be ready when their number was called, that that was very encouraging. And, Coach, you're going to this big week, Jacksonville State coming up in Tennessee Tech in, in, in the interim here. So uh, you got to go on the road. What you be stressing to your guys to build off the Austin P game to win these two tough road games and, like you said, get that conference standings up, win these games, kind of get you that better seed in that tournament coming up here at the municipal? Yeah, well, the second half of the Austin P game, when, when we made our run, we got 10 straight defensive stops and in, in, in the, in the possession either into the defensive rebound or turnover. And, and that's basically what we have to do if we want to go on the road and be successful. You, you have to guard people. And uh, but both these teams that we're facing, uh, both Thursday and Saturday, they 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 um they're they're really good offensive teams, and, and it's going to be uh, a challenge to to guard them and, and and really control the ball on offense to control the tempo of the game, and, and that's the challenge is is what it's always been for us: defend, rebound, and, and take care of the ball. And, and if we can do those things, then you know the last four or five minutes, you guys just got to step up and make some plays, but. Uh, we, we like the guys that we have, and, and um, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Uh, Coach Ford, earlier in the conversation, you made uh, reference to the conference standings and the seeding for the OVC tournament. How much do you bring that up to the team, or, or is it something that you kind of reserve, uh, talk to the seniors about and let them convey that message that you want to, to convey to the younger guys? Well, I think the kids know about it. I mean, they they know how to look it up themselves. I mean, we we kind of address it uh, before every game, and, and it's always good, I, I think, to, to know where you are. And, and for us, uh, we we definitely need to know where we are right now because there's people underneath us and there's people ahead of us. And and obviously, depending on the results of our next couple games, you know, we we can go either way. And, and obviously, we'd love to go uh, up 
up the ladder, but but I think you have to let them know just the importance of the game. And they have to understand that people are playing for something, and, and, and hopefully that helps with their urgency and their attention to detail and, and what we like to call their want to. So I, I don't think it's a secret, and, and I think it's good that the players know where we stand, and, and hopefully uh, we can do something about it. We have Danny Ford here on the Boss Man Show with Jr. and John here on the Boston Radio Network. And, Coach, how much have you been going to Wayne Martin and Tajir McCall to kind of tell them guys, like, hey, it's now or never for you. You know, you need to, we need to get this, get this together, get these guys going, because, you know, it, it actually can go either way. And there's this their last hurrah to issue. So how much you kind of going to those guys to challenge them to get these guys motivated to play hard every night, every game, and defend where you want them to defend, not, let, not, make, not make your shots, break them down that way and really counts on defense. Yeah, well, I mean, we've talked about that all year long, you know, wanting to send uh, Tajir McCall and Wayne Martin out the best way we can. And obviously, we all know that that's where the uh, Ohio Valley Conference uh, championship. Now we put ourselves in a position where the, the only option for that is a tournament championship that, that I think we're more than capable of. But, you know, it, it's also about the, the other guys, too. I mean, there's they're sophomores and juniors on the team that it, it's time for them to step up because um, no matter what the outcome of our next five, six, seven, or how many ever games we have left, um, they're, they're going to have to step up, and they're going to have to have really good off seasons, and they're going to have to be ready to go. And That calendar is going to flip, you know, faster than we all know it, and, and uh, they've got to be ready to play. So I think it's a little bit of both those things. It's always good to send your seniors out uh, with a bang, but it's also as, just as important to transition your, your underclassmen to, to get ready for their turn. Exactly, and coaches, people know you play your, we play your commercial on the show before every segment, the Rebound Foundation commercial coach, and with Rebound game coming up, finally it's coming up on February 16th at the Gentry Center on ESPNU, coach, and I want to get you on to talk to about people about that event coming to the Gentry Center, and coach, for those who have missed your message, it may not have been the first instance of the show, tell them about the foundation and what, what it's all about, and what can they expect they watch the game on the 16th, or come to the game and see you guys play against Morehead State? Yeah, my wife Christina and I we uh, we started a uh, foundation called the Rebound Foundation about a year and a half ago, and and basically what we do is we help uh, abused and, and and battered women and children, uh, people that are probably leaving domestic violence relationships, maybe leaving a, a shelter and don't have anywhere to go. What we do is we uh, we purchase homes and we renovate those homes and make them uh, livable so they can transition into those homes for a number of months until they get up on their feet and, and, and get a job and, and get some educational things put in place and just basically get the necessary building blocks that, that, that one might need to, uh, to be able to, you know, uh, take care of themselves and, and, and live a, a comfortable life. And, and so we love for people to watch our game against Morehead State and, and obviously make a donation uh, to our foundation. Uh, you can do it through our website as well as our pledge it, uh, link that's on our website. And uh, what we basically ask for is $1 per rebound. And uh, hopefully the Tigers of TSU are, are on that glass next Thursday night. You know, Coach, that's a, an absolutely worthy cause <clears throat> that you and your wife have uh, undertaken. And it's very, um, I don't know the, the proper word, but it makes me feel good when I see people in your position, um, you know, using their platform to do things of this nature. And I just wanted to ask you specifically what was it in you that and your wife that made you decide not to start this foundation foundation specifically but to be philanthropic in this way um is it you know how, how did you uh, find that within yourself to, to give of yourself to do this for other people yeah i mean we we're, we're so blessed 
you know, to, to have the life that we have and, and, and to have each other. And, and basically what we wanted to do was to be able to give back and, and help people that, that may be dealing with something. And, and, and uh, we, we both know people uh, in our families as well as friends of our, our families that have had to deal with domestic violence. So it's a, it's a situation that's kind of near and dear to our hearts. But uh, more importantly than that, it's just the, the ability to, to give and help others when we obviously feel like we have a surplus to live off of. And uh, we, we just want to help people that may not have had the same opportunities that we had to grow, growing up, you know, going to college and earning our education and having parents and, 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 and family members who love us and take care of us and help us up the way. So we, we just felt like uh, it'd be the right thing to do. And, and um, you know, our beliefs are strong, our faiths are strong, and, and we have to help each other and love each other as we would love, you know, ourselves. And Coach, this is just to, to carry on a little bit with this point. Um, it, it's a little bit of a philosophical question, I guess, but I think it seems like, and maybe you can give me a different perspective, but I do uh, charity work. I know JR does charity work, and there's lots and lots of people out there that do great things um, with their spare time and even with time that they don't have to spare um, to, to help other people. And I, it seems to me like there's less of that going on or at least less of it being reported or, or it's not being um, shown to the masses in, a, in, a, in the proper way. And, and if everybody took on a little bit of the weight of some of these situations that we deal with in our country, it's kind of like ants, you know, if everybody takes a little piece, it carries a, a much bigger load. And I just wondered if you had any thoughts on the, the broader picture of uh, charity work and, and philanthropy and, and just helping your other, uh, you know, human humans helping each other out. You know, is, is that a lost thing or is it something that uh, you see is prevalent in your life uh, out there doing charity work? Yeah, you know, uh, here in Nashville, it's really prominent. I mean, this is a very giving city, and, and, and uh, that there's there are people here that are willing to help. And now I, I can't say that for all parts of, of the, the United States because I haven't really lived there, but but I do know that here in Nashville that um, that there's a great community who loves to give back. And 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 you're you're correct. I mean, if, if everyone would just help somebody else, you know, it's kind of like we tell our team all the time: if you just help your teammate. And everybody's going to get help and everybody's going to be okay. And, and a lot of our, our problems come from um, the, the, the disease of me where everyone's just worried about them. And, and, and uh, we, we just don't have that type of uh, marriage or household, my wife and I, and we don't have that type of program either. Our university is not like that as well. So um, we, we just like to step up and do our part and uh, join, you know, the likes of other people here in Nashville. But, um, hopefully around the country uh, we start to see it more and more because there are people out there that just need help. They just didn't have the same opportunity that, that a lot of us did uh, growing up. That's right. Uh, Coach, I'm going to tell you this on the air, man. I thank you for, for your friendship, first of all. been a cool guy, allowing me around the team the way you do, and I appreciate you for all you do. For, for, for I'm, I'm, I'm a martyr, Coach, because you've brought us back up, and I appreciate you for that, and I appreciate you for you being my friend. This is what I can always talk to and text anytime I, I like to talk to you. So, man, thank you for that, Coach, and I will wish you all the best of luck, and I, I'll be at the game on next Thursday, Coach. I, you'll see me there. I'll be there and donate for you, Coach. All right, I appreciate you guys, man. Y'all, y'all call me if y'all ever need something. Y'all welcome anytime. My name is D Nice. My name, my name is D Nice. My name is D Nice.
Hello, I'm Dana Ford, head coach of the Tennessee State Tigers men's basketball team, and I'd like to invite you to be a part of the Rebound Foundation game that takes place February 16th at the Gentry Center at 8 p.m. Central and can be seen on ESPNU. The mission of the Rebound Foundation is to provide the necessary building blocks for women and children recovering from domestic violence. You can make a contribution without being at the game at pledgeit.org, TSU Rebound Challenge. To find out more information about the Rebound Foundation, visit www.thereboundfound.org. You can also follow us on social media at the handle The Rebound Foundation. Help the Tigers stand up against domestic violence by pledging to end it. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. John Beckley. We just talked to Tissue Tigers head coach Daniel Ford. Now we're about to talk to my man, Donald Young, playing the Memphis Open this weekend. I'll be there in front of the Memphis Open. See my man when he gets to town. Tournament starts on Monday, qualifying on Saturday. But I'm going to have fun on Saturday with my guys. So we're here. D.Y., Donald Young on the show. D.Y., what's up, man? How life's treating you in the ATL, man? I'm good. What's up with you? Uh, ATL's good. Uh, a little down after the Falcons game, but uh, it's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, man. That was rough, bro. That was rough. I mean, 
I've never seen a collapse that bad in person like that. Like, dude, like, for real? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a tough one to watch. <laughs> did you have a party or you just chilling, chilling at, at, at the place? I did. I had some people over, so that made it even worse. It hurt even more. I've never seen people leave so quick. Hey, you might you might be glad about that, man. <laughs> you know, you might be glad people left early. Let me save you some electricity, save you some leftovers <laughs> for yourself. You know, it's all good. <laughs> I did have some leftover food. It wasn't bad on that front. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, man, I want to ask you about the Memphis Open, man. What's your favorite thing about the Memphis Open, man? And, you know, what makes us unique from other tournaments that you play throughout the year on the, on the ACP World Tour? Uh, for me, it's great because um, I live in Atlanta, so it's very close. It's just a drive over and a lot of family and friends come down to watch. And, and then it's the southern cooking is great. It's just, you know, you get some um, southern hospitality and you're close to home, which is always a pleasure because you're always so far away from home traveling the world most of the time. Donald, when you go to a place like Memphis where you've had previous success, is it uh, is that a confidence booster for you? Is it similar to golf where a player, you know, plays well at a certain golf course? When he goes in there, he's he, he knows the course well. He's got a lot of confidence. Is it similar uh, for you in that regard? For sure. It's um, definitely awesome to come back to a place that you've done well and you remember the court and you have fond memories. It's just something about it. Everything feels good. When you get to that place, you can play bad all year and get to a tournament that you've done well in the past and, you know, all of a sudden feel good and feel like you're playing well and your game's coming together. So, for me, Memphis definitely does that, having some success in the past years. Yes, indeed. I remember you got to semifinals against, who was it that year, man? I forget. I Uh, lost to Kevin Anderson. Yes, Anderson. Yeah, that that dude's serve is crazy, man. Six foot eight, dude. Yeah. I remember that. I watched it. I think it was it was snowing that it was snowing that year, right? It was. It was very cold. It was snowing. It most definitely was. Cause I remember I couldn't get out there because of the, the ice or whatever. I remember that. <laughs> J- Jr. doesn't doesn't do ice, Don. <laughs> Jr. doesn't do ice. Yeah, he's in the south. Doesn't snow. Doesn't that much ice normally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't make it. I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't make it out there that day. It was that ice. I was like, I'm good. I'm staying home. I should get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way. No way, Jose. So, like, look, looking at your year, man, do you kind of look at points-wise for, hey, let me do good between, like, Memphis and Houston and kind of gear for Atlanta, the U.S. Open, kind of get, get you a points, and whatever you get after that is pretty much gravy. Is that how you look at your year or you kind of look at it a, a different way? Yeah, I mean, for Americans, you know, a lot of the guys, you have some guys who love the clay. I mean, I don't mind playing on clay, but it's definitely not my favorite surface. So for us, it's tough because after Miami, there isn't a hardcore tournament until Atlanta. So, you know, these tournaments are very important. You know, the Australia through this U.S. swing with Memphis, Delray, and then you have Indian Wells, Miami, and Acapulco, still North America. So it's definitely very important for us. So that's basically how I look at it, like get my, get my stuff in on hardcore and you know, and in the rest of the year, you know, if you do well, it, it's obviously great. You want to do well at every tournament you play, but the hard court is where you focus on. Now, Donald, make it, make, uh, Acapulco, they should give it a play up wall go up, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, oh, you're wrong. That's That's wrong. <laughs> I couldn't resist uh, that one, John. Acapulco, the wall, easy. Got a wall joke out there, huh? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, that's funny. It's, it's always good as a joke between 
a lot of my friends and family as well. So it's funny. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, overseas tournaments, Donald, uh, what's your favorite stop outside of the U.S. stops on the ATP World Tour? Uh, that are currently going on now. I I love playing in um, Asia. Like Tokyo is great. I mean, that's one of my favorite places to play. And it not a tournament anymore, but Bangkok, Thailand used to be my favorite place of all to play. It's where I had my first final on tour, and it it's just an awesome place. The fans are nice. The people are great. I mean, the weather is awesome. And I, I love Australia as well, but um, probably Thailand and then Tokyo. So I've always been curious about this. When you travel uh, outside of the United States, what kind of support do you get from the tour, and how difficult is it to to kind of navigate some of these locations? I mean, I, I'm assuming, um, and maybe incorrectly, that the language barrier is difficult for you, and maybe some of the other guys, uh, some of the dietary things that go on, uh, food in different countries may not agree with you as the the food you know here in the United States does. How difficult is it to make those adjustments when you're traveling abroad? Yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, being on the tour versus futures and challengers, they do a good job of um, you know having pretty well-rounded food that most people are used to. You know, your pastas, your chickens, you know, some vegetables at the site and at the hotel. They pick hotels that are, you know, accustomed to having people from other countries, so it's well-versed. But yeah, definitely the the food can be an issue. I've had that before in places. They just don't have the same things that you're used to at home to get your nutrients and vegetables and, and all your, you know, proteins and the stuff you're normally used to eating. So it definitely can be tough. And, you know, as far as the fan support in Asia, I get treated pretty well. Like, um, I don't know why, but, uh, they love me. They have posters, they have signs, the fans come out and they really make you feel welcome. So it's a pleasure to travel around the world and, um, play a sport you love. Hey, it's cause you're so smooth, man. That's why you're so smooth. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Your stroke game is smooth, man. That's why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And you know, it, like I say, it's crazy. Like you know, how the blinds will be over in Europe from like Monte Carlo through Wimbledon. How they do that? I would be just homesick been over there a whole two months in a row just and i hear a lot of guys say american guys should go over there and be over there all that time european guys don't really play Delray or houston or atlanta mm-hmm. like that they say over there and do their things in europe so i don't know why for american guys it's so much you should it should come over there early and get used to the clay why when the european guys don't go yeah. over there and play hardcore tournaments i agree with you it's it's yeah it's weird because if you think about it they'll stay over on the clay courts until Toronto, Cincinnati time, and and then play a warm term in the open and go back and be there the whole time. They really don't come over to stay for that long. And yeah, it's it, it's it's just a tough thing because for the brides they have each other. You know they have families now, so they bring them over. And I bet if you can bring your family and friends and you have an apartment that you're renting out or something, it can be a little easier. But uh, if that's not going on, those I can tell you from experience, those are some pretty rough six to eight weeks. Bro, if I was you, I'd play Roman Monte at Rome and Madrid and the French and beat back, play, play, play Queens and come back. And Wimbledon exactly. come back. <laughs> Forget the other stuff. I, I'm not a dirt baller. We're going to play Estoril or Munich or something like that. Crazy. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Now, we're, we're, 
Dale, I will say this for my guy, Dennis Schroeder, Atlanta Hawks. He cool. He told me that Jeremy's cool. I'm like, bro, I'm not too convinced about that. But okay. <laughs> you know? It has its places. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah man. He's funny. He's funny. And, and John gets to why he's funny a little later in an interview. Trust me. He's gonna get, he got something for you about that. But All right. <laughs> now, <laughs> You played in Melbourne. I heard a lot about the courts in Melbourne. There was real fans playing like a, a carpet almost. You, you played there, played doubles and singles. How did the courts play? Were they pretty faster than usual than they've been in previous years, or was it about the same? Uh, it was a lot faster than previous years. The court was really, really quick, actually, and the ball was moving. It was kind of one-strike tennis, first-strike tennis, and whoever got on the offensive was the person who mainly won the point. So that was who was winning. It wasn't normally. Normally it's pretty slow, so you can rally, you can play defense, and it, it wasn't that case this year. So, Dennis, just to, to kind Dennis. of spin up. <laughs> you got me saying Dennis now thinking about it. <laughs> CJR, you got, me, you got me all twisted up now. <laughs> let me, let me, uh, let me try this again. Donald, if you oh, yeah. weren't playing tennis, what other sports uh, – would pique your interest now i want to add on to that that question what is it about tennis that that made you go down that path from an athletic standpoint did did you have other sports that you thought about pursuing or or was there something specific about tennis other than your aptitude for it that that drew you in yeah um for me the two sports i played quite a bit was soccer i mean that was kind of serious but the one i took very serious was uh baseball you know, I was on the Little League traveling team. We traveled. We yeah, we did all that stuff, and that was a very serious sport for me. So I had to choose between baseball and tennis, and they're kind of the same season. So I kind of chose tennis. My parents knew a little bit more about tennis. I mean, my dad played baseball, and his grandfather, his dad was a professional. But other than that, you know, he wanted me to play tennis. That was his love. So um, tennis was the sport. I enjoyed it a little bit more and stuck with it now from the the soccer standpoint to me i used to play soccer i played all the way up through high school and and then i came to the realization that it was just way too much running okay (laughs) lots and lots of running (laughs) in soccer so (laughs) i chose a more stationary sport as i went on through college which was golf much less running in golf Zero running in golf. <laughs> Unless you hit somebody with a, a ball, then you might want to run. Right. But other than that, right. um, so I guess from a soccer standpoint, were you? What was the draw for you for soccer? Uh, I, I kind of like the team aspect of it. Um, you know, the running. I enjoy running and and just the team aspect for me. So a couple of my friends were on the team. I wanted to play with them. So. I played and, you know, I like being on teams and whenever I get a chance to do that, but I also enjoy obviously with tennis, the individual part of it as well. There's always like when I was coming up, uh, I'm 38. When I was coming up outside, we were outside all day long. You played, you know, little league baseball, you played soccer, you played football, you played all the sports, whether you were good at them or not. Your parents stuck you in it just to, you know, get you some exercise, get you out of the house. I don't see that as much these days. Um, what do you see out there? I don't know how much interaction you have with the youth tennis community or other youth sports, but what sense do you get of where uh, team-oriented sports and youth sports is, is going in this country uh, as we sit here today? Yeah, uh, it's definitely not as, 
it doesn't seem as big. Like a lot of, I mean, yesterday I went out and actually watched a high school uh, state championship basketball game, which was pretty cool. Like, I think that stuff gets kind of, you know, skipped over nowadays. With, I mean, it's so important to go out there. I think sports in general teach you discipline. So, you know, to get on the team, you give effort, you work with other people, you know, you listen to your coaches, and, and you show the right attitude. I think that's important in, you know, team sports. And like I, like you said, I grew up playing a bunch of different sports. And, you know, whether you were great at it all or not at any, you know, you, you played. So, I think it's important to get out there and play sports and, and try different things and, and get a, in a team environment with other people competing. And it's positive, and I think it helps. And I'm going to tell you a story about me on so many people on that radio here. I feel, okay. I feel asleep in left field, man. That's why I can move to <laughs> first base. Left field, I feel asleep in left field. Bro. Yeah, it's kind of boring out there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they was like, JR! JR! <laughs> I'm out there staring up, drooling, sleep in left field. <laughs> That's comedy. <laughs> I was ten years old. I was ten years old. I was. My dad was like, "Son, you know about that Dominican? Son, are you okay? What's going on with you, son? You okay? Be baseball player, be sleepy, son." They said, "Coach, put my son over Uno, Uno base, Uno base." So put me first base. Second awake then. Yeah, man. Like, okay, my dad tells the coach, like. Said, Coach, my son sleepy. He can't focus. Put it in first base. So, what is the first base, Donald? I, I, I yeah. had a hard time. Uh, I kept my foot on the base. I sprung my ankle because I wouldn't put my foot outside the base, on the base. It was bad. Uh, I said, Dad, wow. give me back to football and basketball. What well, I know in tennis. I can't play baseball. <laughs> I was a switch hitter. I, I, was, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't feel worth crap. Well, the DH back in Little League Baseball, I would have been okay. But the DH, I would have been cool. I, they were with teams or something, but I couldn't make it happen, man. So I said, tennis, right. basketball, and football. Luckily, football is my best sport, thankfully, as a receiver. So I told Donald, would you ever play football? Would you be a receiver or a tight end or running back? What would you do if you played football like I did? Uh, I don't know. It would probably have to be whatever role I didn't get hit as much. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be a punter or a I mean, kicker then. <laughs> exactly, something like that. I mean, I would love to play receiver or something like that. And, and – and, if if I didn't mind getting hit, like running back seems pretty cool as well. But um, yeah, I mean I enjoy watching. I enjoy playing with friends. But I don't know if I could. I mean they look like they hit way too hard nowadays. Well, let me tell you something. I would avoid all hits. I would get my first down and get down and get out of bounds. I don't take no hits now. <laughs> exactly. And John knows my coach get mad at me. He's like, Jr., you have more yards. First down, <laughs> first down. Jr., there's two two things Jr. doesn't do. That's ice. And he doesn't do physical contact at the receiver position. Those, those are the two things he doesn't do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, listen, Donald, I wanted to ask you, outside, we talked about all these sports, but outside of the um, great advice that J.C. Smith gave you uh, back in the day when he was coaching you up, that telling you to Kudla, hit it. man, not Donald Dennis Kudla, told him. Oh, he gave it to Kudla. My, my apologies. <laughs> he, he once gave – he once gave Kudla the advice. He told Kudla, just hit it where they ain't, Donald. So yeah. He told him, hit, him, hit it where they ain't. So other than that solid coaching advice, what would be the best thing that you've drawn in from your coaches on your game? Honestly, for me, it was uh, stay coachable. So whether that was who's working with you now or someone in the future, just to stay open-minded and be able to listen and, and receive the information and never think you know it all because – because at the end of the day, you really don't. So, 
you can always learn and improve. So it's to stay coachable, and that's that's the key. Because uh, as soon as your mind closes, you don't improve anymore. And don't get hit. Whatever you do, don't get hit. Yeah, exactly. That's that's rule number one. <laughs> have you ever gotten hit? Like what? Have you ever gotten hit in competition with the ball? Like somebody just pelts you with the ball? Oh, uh, for sure. You know, I've been hit in the back <laughs> of the head by my partner serving. They were serving. You know, I've been hit in the, in the in the face with the ball, stomach, everywhere, pretty much. That would that would be me. That would be me if I was. <laughs> don't ever. If you and I are playing doubles, you keep me in front because I'll be tagging you from, from behind. <laughs> exactly. I don't. I don't want. I don't want that. You know, getting hit when you can't see the ball is is kind of rough. No doubt with D.Y., I could tell you before, I have no backhand. It's all a slice of backhand, so I can't hit a backhand save my life. I can hit a forehand, though, so it's all good. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of like Fisano Lopez. I have no backhand. I was slicing everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, that's, that's the kind of guy I am, man. <laughs> but D.Y., I hope you have fun tonight with me and John, man. I said, John, I want to talk to you today, man, because John loves you. So we made it happen for you today, brother. I hope everything's good. Appreciate it, that man. tournament here in Memphis coming up, and it's been great, man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's always fun being on the show. I'm Dana Ford, head coach of the Tennessee State Tigers men's basketball team, and I'd like to invite you to be a part of the Rebound Foundation game that takes place February 16th at the Gentry Center at 8 p.m. Central and can be seen on ESPNU. The mission of the Rebound Foundation is to provide the necessary building blocks for women and children recovering from domestic violence. You can make a contribution without being at the game at pledgeit.org, TSU Rebound Challenge, to find out more information about The Rebound Foundation, visit www.thereboundfound.org. You can also follow us on social media at the handle The Rebound Foundation. Help the Tigers stand up against domestic violence by pledging to end it. all your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also a vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. 
Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. show for you so far today with our man Daniel Ford Donald Young and now we're joined by the Raptors 905 head coach doing big things coaching the D-League All-Star game in New Orleans down there coach Jerry Stackhouse coach how's things going for you man man everything doing great man appreciate you guys having me yes indeed coach I must tell you for those man we are big fans of yours and your career I watched you in North Carolina man so seeing you getting this coaching gig now man doing your thing I'm like wow Guys, I've been watching my whole life, and they're going into coaching now. So it makes me proud watching a guy like yourself or look up to doing big things, having on the show me as well. Man, father of the time is undefeated, man. <laughs> so, yeah, we got, got to move on to the next phase, you know. Playing with a lot of fun. We've been doing that for, for a long time, and now you know, trying to teach these guys. And um, we've been in Austin last year working with the Raptors, and now um, with the, the development team. You know, trying to help these guys feel the dream of, of playing in the NBA and playing at that next level. And coach, what does it mean to get this honor to coach in the All Star game? And you're a first year as a head coach. So what does this mean to you, man? I mean, it feels. I mean, it feels really good, man. I think you know, a total total team effort from from my staff, man. These guys have worked their butts off, you know, with these guys. And player development has been a huge part of of who we've been this year. Uh, not just going out and playing games, but trying to teach these guys how to play a style of basketball that's going to help them, you know, once they get an opportunity to get a call up or, you know, go to training camps, things that are going to stick with them to, to help them stand out. You know, it's not just about scoring a, a bunch of points or, or or getting a bunch of rebounds or being able to play with other good players. And I think uh, our guys have bought into that. And it's been evident in our, in our record. And I think that's, you know, in return, you know, we've, we've been rewarded by having a couple guys on the all-star team and then our coaching staff getting a great opportunity to coach, um, you know, the D-League all-star game. So, you know, we're definitely excited about it. Well, Coach Stegos, you had a, a very successful uh, playing career, uh, which, which everybody's very familiar with. Was there a point during that playing career that it became uh, evident to you that you wanted to get into coaching? And ultimately, how did you get into, um, you know, the coaching gig and, and become the head coach? of the team well i mean it started the coaching started for me around 2000 i mean as a player 
always kind of gravitated toward the younger players, even though if I didn't have that, you know, as a as a rookie coming in, uh, maybe have one guy, Vernon Maxwell, who was a shooting guard. I was, you know, I, I played power forward pretty much in college, so I was learning a total new position when I got to the league. And, and Vernon kind of took me on his wing and showed me how to, you know, chase you know, chase off of screens and do different things. I was just getting nailed on screens when I first got in the league. And I think, you know, having somebody like that, um, I, I said I always wanted to be that type of person for the younger players. So when I was in Detroit, you know, at, kind of at the prime of my career, I would always have the, the rookie players. They would come stay with me, and I would, you know, I would take them to practice, you know, cook breakfast for them and do all those types of things. So I just kind of nurturing them. And then, you know, you know one that they, they always wanted to pick my brains about, different things on the court. So I mean, I was always kind of in a teaching mode, even as a player. And then I got toward the end of my career. I started coaching my son's AAU teams. So I started an AAU program about, you know, in 2011, you know, after watching, you know, going to my, one of my son's games and watching them just leave the balls out there to him and just letting them play. I was like, you know, I got a little time. I'm going to try to, um, you know, get out here and teach these kids how to play. And from that, you know, we, you know, they, they, they got pretty good and then, you know, started to win championships and, Started adding some more pieces, and had Brandon Ingram actually played on that team with, with my son. They both were in the same classification, so had had a chance to see these kids who you know just probably average average players, and now all those kids are in college. And Brandon's going on to the NBA, so it's like you know that was you know, I kind of got the bug there, and then I got an opportunity to coach at Adidas with Adidas Nations, and uh, from there, besides some you know, over in in Treviso, Italy, uh, I think, you know, he, he called me, like, you know, see if I had any interest in, um, you know, coming up and interviewing for an assistant, you know, coaches that we had, and I came up, and pretty much the rest is history. I was behind the bench last year for the Raptors, and, you know, just one year removed, I got an opportunity to, to kind of, you know, run my own team, they would go from making suggestions to, you know, making decisions, it's been a, you know, uh, a big jump, but at the same time, I, I learned a lot. In a, in a short amount of time, and um, like I said, the success is kind of you know, speaking for itself so far. Now, Coach, since you're a uh, for the Raptors organization, Coach, are you having to run Dwayne system or you can coach it your own way? You just don't tell you how to tell you to do what Dwayne does on the big team, or you can do it your way down there with your team? No, I mean, we have some. Obviously, we have assignment guys, or we have some projects that want to run at the Raptors, but it's not completely – you know, the, the Raptors stuff, I mean, I have some leeway to be able to, you know, put put some things in. Some of don't have the same personnel, you know what I mean? A lot of what the Raptors do is build around two all-star players and, you know, Kyle Larry and DeMar DeRozan. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we got some talented players, but we don't have that type of talent you know, on this team. So we have to do some things a little bit differently. But more so than anything, it's about the defenses in the, of the floor. And I think that's where we have a lot of similarities in the things that we do. You know, offensively, I think you know you you'll find a way to put enough points on the board if you're uh, if you hang your hat on defense, and I think that's that's who we've been so far. You know, one of the you know top two or three teams in the league defensively. You know, defensive field goals holding teams to um, you know right around 100 points a game. So you know, we're, we're proud of that, and I think um, you know just just continuing to to build again, showing these guys. Uh, you know, giving a little bit less of, of themselves. We don't have anybody averaging over, you know, 16 and a half points a game. But, you know, I, but I think we got two guys on the All-Star team. So I think the, the, the league has recognized these guys for giving seven, not just, the, you know, rewarding guys with the gaudy numbers, but the one team play and, and guys, you know, being selfish. But I, and I guess, the, you know, to that point, Coach, 
you're only four short years removed from playing. So do, do you get out uh, frequently in these drills? And is it beneficial for you to be able to get on the court with your guys and not only tell them what they need to be doing, but, but literally show them and, and being able to do that? And I guess if you do do that, does it get that competitive juice fired up again? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that um, – that I loved about, you know, last year being able to uh, work really hands-on, you know, with, with our younger players, the Golden Powells, the, the Lion Wrights, the um, Lucas Negreros. I was working, you know, with those guys a ton last year. And, and to see them come this year and have a, um, an impact, you know, with the big team and now getting able to, to, to you know, get hands-on with, with this younger group, you know, these player development guys. And it's, it's like they, you know, for 10 minutes a day, I get to be Jerry Stackhouse. I mean, when we get to our shell defense and stuff like that out there, and I try to kill them every every chance I can. Man. But <laughs> no, no, not not too much more than that. But it is a big, big help for me. Just my my longevity and, and my career allows you know, automatically they they listen and you know they hear the open to, to what I'm saying. I think that's you know I I use that analogy a lot. That's just like almost like training a puppy. The first thing you got to do is get a look at you. And for me. You know, having the success I had playing, that you know, I don't have that problem with them not listening or, or not um, tuning into to, to what I have to say. So that, that's definitely a plus. Folks, with you, my Jerry Stackhouse here on the Boss Man Show, coach of the Raptors down over five up there in Canada, doing big things. Twenty going to the league All Star game as a head coach. Though he's winning games up there, playing defensively, it's all good up there in Canada. Now, coach, uh, there's some guys you think is in the league, it's in the D league that you can kind of tell your guys, hey, I think it's this guy. I already have a scout report on this this dude. I already played him in the, in the league. So, are there some guys like that that you come across so far this year? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there's guys, I mean, they're still younger guys to me, but a guy that's you know, in the D league now who, you know, was a you know, pretty, pretty solid NBA player and, you know, trying to get back to like a, uh, uh, Jordan Crawford who plays the Grand Rapids. You know, I had a chance to play him. So, you know, a lot of these guys I can give firsthand account on, you know, with some of the, the, the older veteran guys that, you know, that have played in the league, but there's a lot of young guys that I don't really know. You know, I mean, maybe know a little bit of their games from, from college or, you know, they're fresh out of college and a few years removed. Um, and, and there's a lot of talent down here, man, honestly. That I, I don't think I ever really, um, really took a big interest in because I was always focused on it. Up to even my broadcasting and different things I was doing, it was always about the NBA, not so much the, the development league, but it, it definitely is a, a gym, and I think people to recognize that it's you know, it's, you know professional basketball, and these you know these young guys are just a uh, step or two away from um, getting up to 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 the next level. And we got quite a few call ups this year, and a couple of them that that, that stuck and you know, secured a couple of um, you know long term deal, two year deal like Yogi Yogi Ferrell, Karen um, White to get it down in Miami, you know, and, and, and Yogi in Dallas. Those guys have um, done a hell of a job of working the D-League system and getting the opportunity and the call up. And once they got their, their opportunity, they made the most of them. So we're hoping to get some opportunities like that for some of our, our players on the uh, on the Raptors team, and, you know, on our Raptors 905 team, and hopefully they stay. Hopefully some of the tools that we, we're giving them uh, will we, showcase and be and allow them to not have to come back. I, I, love our, I love our guys, but I really would love to see them uh, find a home up at the next level. Well, and, and to that point, Coach, you know, when you look at your current roster, um, can you rip off a few guys that you think eventually are going are to be on an NBA roster, stick on an NBA roster, and really help contribute in the league? Well, the guy that we had last year, Axel Tupain, has been our leading scorer this year. I think that he's a guy that could 
provide a, a real boost off of anybody's bench. I mean, the guy's been leading and bringing him off the bench this year. And um, you know, just kind of get him used to that role because I tell these guys all the time that pretty much the first eight points on the NBA team is pretty solid. So you got to try to figure out the way to get him between nine and 15. And I think he would be a guy that, if he, he's given the opportunity, could, could, could be do a really good job for, for someone. And Eddie Tavares is 7 2, can play with the back to the basket. He's gotten really, gotten, you know, really good in pick and roll coverages. You know, he was one of those guys that loved to kind of hang around the basket because he was so tall. And now he's got, got him out there, you know, showing and, and, and being real up high to the level on, on pick and rolls. So I think. You know, those are two guys at the forefront. CJ Leslie has played well for us this year. A guy that was on a lot of people's radar, um, and then you know, maybe just having some 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 maturation issues early on coming out of school. And I think he's starting to solve some of those things. Let these guys get a chance again, like I said, to get an opportunity and to to uh, make it happen for this time around. Now, Coach, the new CBA with these two-way contracts now with the roster being able to go to 17, you feel like this will help strengthen the D-League where we're more money being the D-League now, where more guys actually play the D-League rather go over to Europe, the D-League actually get better now with more quality guys making more money, wanting to go be down there, and with more teams coming in. So it helps the part all together. How do you feel about that? Well, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I think, you know, for the worst of all, um, you know, these guys are kind of sliding in a couple slots around $25,000, around $20,000. That's not a lot of money at all, you know, especially that type of family. It's not even a lot of money for snowman. So I think, you know, being able to have these two-way contracts, not exactly sure uh, how it's going to work, but I just think the theory of it is it's going to be better for guys. Maybe a little bit more influx of talent from the, the European market of guys that would have to go overseas. Now I can stick around and really give myself an opportunity to get a call up because they can supplement their income a little bit with with, with these contracts. So we, um, again, like I said, it'd be interesting to see how everything plays out. But right now, it looks like it's definitely a, a win for the players and, um, and, a, and a good look for the league. Well, Coach, uh, you, you have uh, one of our good friends on your staff and Coach Tony Tindall, and I wanted to talk a little bit about him uh, and get your impressions of what he's meant to your staff and what he's meant to the team as you guys have moved through your season? Oh, uh, well, Donnie's been, he's like the, the coach's coach. You know, and then, and we had a really young staff, you know, a couple guys that uh, kind of inherited on the staff and the team that was here last year. And I brought in uh, two people, I think it was one of them, and I brought in uh, Nikki Gross, um, who had you know, had some background in, in the D-League. She's been great for me, and Donnie's been great for me as well. It just, you know, kind of you know, allowed me to uh, you know, be the head coach, and there's things that you know you feel like I, you know, maybe should, should think about or reach um, all my transition defense. You know, he's always been with him when he was in college of you know, kind of zone defense, and he goes on on teams a little bit. But just his, you know, develop, player development side of it, working with the bigs, and just just bringing that energy every day. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate you know, what went on with him with the NCAA. I uh, you know he had a big appeal for his. Um, um, you know, ten-year show calls, which you know they, they they upheld. So we were all disappointed about that. Was hoping that they would you know change that and give one of the best college coaches in the country an opportunity to, to get back to what he loved. But um, you know, he, I think he's he's just a gym rat, a guy that wants to be the gym. And when he approached me about about coming in, and I wanted a basketball guy. I mean, I didn't look at any of that that stuff. Which I mean, once he told me how it all went down. 
You know, I was just like, man, it's you know, it's just a sad case. You know, that they try to make an example out of a good man like that. But um, I think he's, you know, you know, he's been been strong. You know, been strong for his family. And uh, hopefully, if you know, you know, as long as I got somewhere to go, he's gonna have somewhere to go. So it's it's, it's a good thing all the way around. That coach stack. Now, Donnie always gives, gives me a miss, man. If I had Greece from the Charlottetown with us, he'll give me and the guests mess about me. So, Coach, what's some dirt on Donnie Tindall? I want to get him when he gets me when he come on the show and bothers me. <laughs> what the coach I got to do back in his face, man? <laughs> well, you, 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 ask him, you ask him about that chair in the locker room. You know? <laughs> That's all I just said. <laughs> all right. He all right. Down, he, he, he sat down in the business in the locker room, man, and with all the guys around, and uh, man, he got he got up so fast that you wouldn't even think he was on the ground. But I say, but we still laugh about that one, man. We, we, we have some good chuckles, man. He's just like I said, a great dude, but definitely mention that shit to him, and I know he's gonna bust out laughing with that one. Hey, Coach Stack, hey man, we thank you for your time, man. You've been great. I said me and John be fan of yours for years. We gotta have you on the show. When I talk to you on the road, Coach. All right, folks, it's Jerry Stackhouse on the Boss Man Show. Come next is the Boss Report after the break. I'm Dana Ford, head coach of the Tennessee State Tigers men's basketball team, and I'd like to invite you to be a part of the Rebound Foundation game that takes place February 16th at the Gentry Center at 8 p.m. Central and can be seen on ESPNU. The mission of the Rebound Foundation is to provide the necessary building blocks for women and children recovering from domestic violence. You can make a contribution without being at the game at pledgeit.org, TSU Rebound Challenge, to find out more information about the Rebound Foundation, visit www.thereboundfound.org. You can also follow us on social media at the handle The Rebound Foundation. Help the Tigers stand up against domestic violence by pledging to end it. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. 
That's www.draftdayconsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. Report. I, I feel like uh, we, we got to get a hold of Coach Tindall and find out more about this chair incident. Really? <laughs> yes, we do. We get him on the line real quick about this chair of Coach Tindall's because that'll be a good local man story, right? <laughs> We're going to have to get – we'll do a new segment on the show. We'll get Coach Stackhouse to come on maybe once a month and update us on Coach Tindall's locker room uh, behavior, find out what's going on in there. Exactly. Well, folks, you've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here. It's the boss report. First story is Johnny Depp uh, is reportedly in trouble after the minute he spends, get this, over $30,000 a month on wine. Yeah, see, the, I don't know, man. We've had these stories on before where, like, not necessarily celebrities, but just uh, people in general spending obscene amounts of money on, on stupid stuff, right? Okay, like those that thirty grand that you're spending, and you did say a month, correct? Yes, on wine. A month on wine. That's that's slightly less, I think, than the median income in the country, right? Like, so that's more than most people make a year. Like, yes, dude, just help somebody out. Donate it to a charity. Go downtown. Buy somebody who's on the streets a meal, whatever, dude. I mean, come on, that's just cra- that's crazy. I mean, you spend your money how you want to spend your money, but you gotta think that you can do a lot more good in the world with thirty grand a month. Three, dude, that's over a quarter million dollars a year. That's creeping up on half a million a year in wine, dude. Wine. Exactly. God, that's crazy, right? Exactly. Too crazy. And we have you know what we need to do? I, hey, listen, I don't want to cut you before the next one, but we, we oh, got to yeah. hit him up. We got to hit him up and see if we can get some sponsorship. <laughs> sponsorship <laughs> My man, yo, Johnny D, hook us up with some of his sponsorship money without all that wine you spending, brother. Come on, man. Just break it down to like 200 and, uh, you know, 290. There's 29,000 a month or, or 20,000 a month and hook us up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Florida Crazies. Attack team dad arrested after parking truck on top of Road Rager's car to prevent him from shooting, shooting at him. 
Okay, you're gonna have to run that one back because my brain just didn't even like it, it, it is. It is not in boss report mode yet. Florida crazies attack team dad arrest after parking truck on top of a road rager's car to prevent shooting to get his ass capped. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's like, a, how do you get a car on? Top? Like, how does that even work? Did he like Duke's a hazard it on there somehow? Like, what? Exactly. Like That's that. what I have a vision in my head, like of it's flying through the air. Oh man, Florida. What? I don't even know, man. <laughs> exactly. Woo, we we have bye bye. Top topicals is the way it's in the story, John. Topicals. Hooters ought to hire male servers and get rid of fun bag uniforms and new restaurant. So they're gonna they're gonna hire male servers at the current Hooters restaurants. Yes. And these guys are gonna walk around what? Topless? No, 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 no. In, in, in shorts and t-shirts, thank mercifully. Shorts and t-shirts? I mean, I guess so. Like, you know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, I, you know, I mean, the whole point of Hooters is like chicks and, you know, tight shirts and short, short shorts, right? Yep. So I guess if you want to bring dudes into the mix, that's cool. Whatever you want, man. I mean, you know, you know, I don't really go to Hooters anymore. I think their food is kind of terrible, to be honest with you. I agree. So I, totally agree. I, I used to like when I was coming up, Hooters like was first coming out. That was a big deal, right? To go to Hooters, but then it was just like whatever, you know. Like <laughs> I mean, at this point, right? You could go on and see naked chicks on the internet all day long for free. So what's the exactly. what's the attraction at this point? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Florida man's arrested after attacking couple with a two by four, tying them up, and inviting their inviting twin escorts to serve his sexual needs for hours. I'm okay, so where did this take place? Florida. <laughs> Dude, Florida man. Florida man went old school with the two by four. Like the rest of the story is that's just what Florida man does on Thursday night, but I when you he's busting out the two by four, he's like going that's like caveman for Florida man, because usually he's like got a machete or he's using some kind of like uh acidic cleaner to like you know harm someone he comes up with some pretty uh unique ways to to attack and find weapons so two by four you know that's like old school right yeah very old school florida man that's like uh hacksaw jim duggan right yes sir hacksaw jim duggan Uh uh-oh here we go sex torsion Pipe slanging Texas student arrested after he blackmails his teacher for $28,000 after secret sexy freaky affair. Should have called up Johnny Depp. He could have just like <laughs> broke off his, his wine stipend for the month. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, I love the headline on this one. What? Pipe slanging Texas teacher. <laughs> And who he, he's he is he was extorting this money from a teacher? Yes. Like, what are they paying teachers down there? You get twenty eight grand. That's like a month, a year's salary, right? Or, or you know, exactly. a, a good portion of it. Jeez, she must have been. Who knows, man? Maybe she's hooked up with somebody. Her husband maybe he's got some money and he was extorting her or something. I don't know. That's pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I love the headline though, Jar. <laughs> yes, how about this? Florida man arrested after beating down boss with a broom, waking him up while he's supposed to be processing claims. So, <laughs> is this Florida man again? Yes. 
What's up? Florida man is going back to the lumber yard, man. His broom, two by four. For next, he's going to hit somebody with a dining room table or something. Like, he's going all wood this week. It's an all wood weaponry. Maybe that's like, maybe it's wood weapon week, you know, down in Florida. Exactly. Man, that's, that's old school right there. You're going to love this. Washington woman is arrested after attempting to kill Craigslist date with a pocket knife and plans to eat his heart and take off his junk. Dude, you gotta be careful on a Craigslist, bro. You could be like shopping around for a new washer and dryer or something, you know, trying to find a deal. Next thing you know, some chick's in your bedroom stabbing you with a, a Swiss Army knife, <laughs> trying to chop your heart out and eat it. Like, you, you gotta watch out. Craigslist, you know, it, it's benign on the front end, but you, if you get down in there too deep, man, it, it could go sideways real quick on you. Yes, indeed. And here we go. A naked Florida man is arrested after handing blunts a cop leaving Subway top Walmart. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, nothing out of the ordinary there, right? That's, that's lunchtime in Florida. <laughs> like, he was just walking out of the sub- subway and was like, we're talking about a Subway sandwich shop, right? Yes, in Walmart. The ones that's in Walmart, yes. Right, okay. He's naked He's... in Walmart and Subway. That's already a problem. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if he's got the 6-inch or the 12-inch. <laughs> exactly. My man. Uh, the, 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 the restaurant clerk was like, do you want a 6-inch or a footlong? And he's like, no, baby, I already got a footlong. Exactly. You ain't ready for it, man. Woo-wee. Uh, I love it. And Virginia man is arrested. Out the burglarizing home and receiving sloppy toppy while smoking tree in victim's bedroom. I mean, if you're going to break into somebody's house, you might as well just, you know, use it up, right? <laughs> like, have a good time. Exactly. Take the bedroom for a tour, you know, do what you got to do. Break into Johnny Depp's house, tap into that $30,000 a month wine, wine cellar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And get this. Florida man arrested after committing seven dollars in bank fraud because quote Jesus wanted to make me rich. That's what he would do. Yeah, that sounds legit. That sounds legit. You know, you just had a conversation with Jesus. Jesus told you to rob the bank because he wanted to make you rich. Fair enough. Fair enough. Case closed. Be on your way. Keep the money, right? Exactly. <laughs> wow. Florida man, white collar crimes. Florida man. At least they had clothes on, right? Exactly. Well, this one didn't. Well, maybe it did. Here we go. Florida man arrested after tipping to hide from police in trash can while dressed in SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> now, you might be able to get away with hiding in a trash can if you didn't have a disguise on. Like, but SpongeBob, it's a giant, like, square sponge, right? Exactly. Like, how did you even get in there? You, like, tuck your sponge in? Uh... I don't know, man. You, I, I gotta. I wish. I wish to God I would have seen that going down. Like when you're driving by, you see some dude in a SpongeBob, SpongeBob costume trying to cram himself into a garbage can. Exactly, man. Oh man. Florida man armed with a gun and car arrested after handing joints to cops while parked in Whole Foods handicap spot trying to pick up him some cougar pee. So. What, Florida man just it just degaff right degaff anymore they don't care they don't care 
the dude coming out of the subways butt naked just hands his blunt over to the cop like here hold this for a minute i gotta tie my shoe um even though he was naked he did have shoes on right? he, you know, no no shoes no service uh, there at the subway so he had to have shoes on this guy you know he he hands over his spleef to the uh, the officer while he's trying to get the little cougar action in the parking lot like they don't care anymore they basically are just like you know what and I, I mean like i said the, the cops last week i said just you know they they just give up they just give up i think exactly and a florida man on the loose after crapping in public stripping naked and fleeing on a bike I don't, wouldn't think that riding a bike naked is all that comfortable, would you? <laughs> I don't think it would be. That hard bottom would, would hurt after a while. Make your butt well, red. Yeah, well, especially in Florida, JR. You're a, you're a native Florida man. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to rub it in, but you're a native Florida man. You know what the humidity is like down there. Very hot. I mean, you'd be getting some sweat down there <laughs> real quick. Exactly. It could, could be problematic. Like you might not be able to get off that seat at some point. You stuck on that son of a gun. And we have this Florida woman arrested after filming herself giving her Florida man sloppy toppy at the courthouse before he faces charges. Well, was it like, did they say like where in the courthouse this took place? In a empty study. Empty study. I mean, that's not necessarily a public setting though, right? Like, I mean, I understand it's not like we shouldn't be doing that, but it's not like she was just like in the courtroom doing it or in the common area of the court building it was in a private room right oh uh, yeah it was in an empty room but they caught her on facebook live snapchat and twitter and instagram <laughs> dude people use that social media for it dude put everything out there put everything out of your i don't know man people put their entire life up on their social media right exactly and uh, Florida man's arrested after stripping naked and taking a bath at the car wash. <laughs> Listen, that's, it's got all the things that you need for a batch, AR. Water and soap, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, do what you got to do for Florida man. They should just be happy that he's cleaning himself, as far as I'm concerned. And, and he got dried off, too. He went through, he went through the actual car. He went through that at that point. I wonder if he got the undercarriage wash for a dollar extra. <laughs> exactly. And final story for you is our first story, a local man story. Local man arrested after beating down a man who got too touchfully with his donk girl at Donk's restaurant, which means Jesse Smith loved. So wait a minute. The dude that got arrested, he whooped up on he whooped up on somebody because he got too too touchy feely with his donk girl yes which, so which he had his no girlfriend yes his girlfriend is a donk girl he, oh okay he beat the man down with a chair but there that there are attractions you take pictures with donk girls that's what happens right and yeah the I mean, man I, was upset about it and destroyed this other local man with a chair for touching his donk girl a little bit too much and enjoying the view with touching and feeling a little bit too much trying to get a choke and tail going on if you know what I mean there's two things about this story first of all if you're lady is in that business okay if she's a stripper or a donk girl or a hooters girl whatever you have to come to the realization that you know there's going to be some overstepping of boundaries the normal boundaries don't apply in those places right right so you, you got you just don't be there if you can't handle it just stay home bro 
Now, secondly, I've seen some hardcore um, bar fights, bro. I've been in some hardcore <laughs> bar fights, and you hit somebody with a chair, it's on, dude. It is on. I've seen some some people take pool cues. I saw a dude take a bar- beer bottle to the face one time. Never seen anybody get hit with a chair. But if you get hit with a chair, you are going to feel that the next day, let me tell you. Exactly. Well, John, before you go, brother, what's your take on this week's ball support, man? I thought it was great. I thought this week's it was it was like a throwback. It was like a throwback. Florida man got back to being naked. Um, got back to, to using standard issue weapons, broomstick, uh, lumber, two by four. Um, we also learned that Florida man no longer cares about his marijuana consumption. He will he's, it's to the point now where he just asks the cops to hold it for him uh, in random you know situations during his day to day life, which I find refreshing personally. Um, so yeah, I thought it was it was an enlightening report, Jr. And it was a fun report. Yes, indeed. Well, folks, that's the boss report here on the Boss Man Show, BossManShow.com. We are out. And if you don't know, now you know, you know. Hello, I'm Dana Ford, head coach of the Tennessee State Tigers men's basketball team, and I'd like to invite you to be a part of the Rebound Foundation game that takes place February 16th at the Gentry Center at 8 p.m. Central and can be seen on ESPNU. The mission of the Rebound Foundation is to provide the necessary building blocks for women and children recovering from domestic violence. You can make a contribution without being at the game at pledgeit.org, TSU Rebound Challenge, to find out more information about the Rebound Foundation, visit www.thereboundfound.org. You can also follow us on social media at the handle The Rebound Foundation. Help the Tigers stand up against domestic violence by pledging to end it. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft. Whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft, Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers.
hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it.